thank God for being back in church. Um, I missed church last week because there was a, a leak in, in, in my house just before I was ready to leave to come to church. Anyway, I'll speak about that one later, but it's interesting the way that things can come up that are tests. And my word today actually is about when your faith is tested. And um, yeah, I'll speak more about that leak situation because it was a very unique, strange something. But we thank God that eventually it was sorted. Only took until Thursday. Um, but um, see, when God brings things in your life randomly, God has a way of doing things that he deems them as an, an element of a test. But how you respond to those things is what God looks at. It's very significant. The way that you respond to any test that comes your way has an impact on how your faith level is to him. I want to go into that a bit more. So I want to pray and then I'll go into this word. So Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to come before you and to receive your word today. Thank you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit that lives and abides in us. And I pray that as I share your word, speak through me and help us to receive this word this morning. We thank you that you are in control and that all focus and all glory is given to you. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, the word this morning, I've entitled it, when your faith is tested. When your faith is tested. Again, I want to remind us about our vision locally, which is uh, being ready for the Lord's return. And one of the ways, one of the many ways that the Lord helps us being ready for his return is when we faith, face tests. And I, I want to call them faith tests. Because as I said before, when I spoke about the leak, and I'll speak a bit more, when God brings things in your life as a test, God is looking at how you respond to those things that come up. Because on a day-to-day, -day, God will bring things. And how you respond to them has an impact on your character. Because it changes you, or it, it gives an opportunity for there to be a change on the inside based on whatever it is that you are facing. And when it comes to God's kingdom, I'm sure we know this before, that your character is so important. You can apply for a job when it comes to the world and be the most qualified person and do a, a good job, but your character could be totally off and you could be toxic to the team that you're working. But as long as you're ticking the boxes and doing the job, a lot of the time your employer will, will employ you because you're doing the job, even though you're not getting along well with your team as such. But in God's kingdom, it doesn't work like that. You could be doing things brilliantly. I could come here and share a brilliant word that ministers to you. But if in my life there are things going on that are not right before God, God will allow the word to minister to you, but I will be accountable and I will be judged based on how I've been living uh, before God because God looks at uh, my character. How am I living? What am I sharing with you? And am I living what I'm sharing? You know, when um, I know Lynette shared last week and she was talking about one of the things I remember her sharing on was speaking words of life as opposed to speaking negative. And believe me, this week, what she shared has been tested the whole week because everything that she's been saying now, she's been very aware and conscious because a lot of the time things have been said Whereas beforehand, maybe you, you will say something out of frustration. And it doesn't even register that you said something and you spoke a life 
into that situation. Oh, this will never change. So that situation now will never change because you've spoken that it will never change. But that word reminded us, and I pray reminded you that when you speak, there's power is released. Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And that works both ways. You can speak life over your situation. You can speak positivity of your situation. And as you do that, faith is released. And the Bible says that God is pleased when we demonstrate faith. But at the same time, if we speak negative over something, we've given power to that situation as well. So it's important that we recognize, uh, you know, there's an impact on the things that we say. So I'm saying that in God's kingdom, your character and the condition of your heart, these are key things that God looks at when God judges us. Thanks, man. And um, yeah, this, this week I had my own test. So we were getting ready for church. All of a sudden we heard this noise. There was a leak. For two odd hours, everybody went to church. I was trying to contain this leak, which was the water was gushing like there was no tomorrow. To cut a long story short, we had a breakdown company. Um, we called them. Normally in an emergency, they'll be out within 20 minutes or so. The person didn't arrive nearly three hours after I called them. And even when they came, eventually, they had to keep calling the company to say, why isn't the person here? And they said, oh, the person's on their way. They've called you. And I said, nobody's called me. And meanwhile, I'm trying to hold my phone with one hand and hold on to the, the leak with the other hand because I didn't know where in my, in my house. Each house has a stop clock that blocks the water. Unfortunately, the one in the house doesn't work. And the one outside the house was broken. So I couldn't stop the water. So the water was just continually gushing and gushing. Peter, good to see you. So eventually, the guy came. After three hours, water was all, all over the place. When he came, he stopped the, 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 um, the leak. But then he didn't fix or replace the pipe because he said he didn't have any tools in his van. So I'm, I'm standing there thinking, okay, how can you come as a, as a plumber and you don't have any tools in your van? So... From there, the frustration was, was kicking in. Anyway, he said, don't worry, he'll come back tomorrow. I said, so you can't back, come back later today? He said, he can't come back today. So the following day came, no sign of the guy. I called the company. They said, yeah, he said he's on his way, um, that he's called you. I said, I've not received any call. So you're not on his way. They said, no, no, don't worry, he'll be here soon. Six o'clock in the evening came, no sign of the guy. I called them back, and then I said, can you assign this to somebody else, please? Because this guy clearly had no interest in coming back to fix the leak. They said, no problem. They will assign it to somebody else. And they'll call you back before 8 o'clock in the evening, and somebody will come. 8 o'clock came. No call. Nobody came. To cut a long story short, eventually someone came on Thursday to fix the leak. And, uh, well, obviously the leak was, was already fixed to, to replace the pipe. But when they came, they said that they couldn't replace pipe because there was damage to it in a particular way. So the whole taps, everything had to be changed. So this meant we had to spend extra money for them to come and to change uh, what needed to be changed. So thank God that was done, even though for like nearly five days, we had to do village bathing. I don't know if you know what village bathing is. Buckets and, uh, you know, yeah. So anyway, we, th we thank God, we thank God. So that was test number one. And within that, there was just the children were getting frustrated, they couldn't bath properly, all those kind of things. Um, so that was that. Then the following day after the leak, the Monday, 
we had a very strange insect situation. You know that now it's, it's getting a bit warmer. But randomly, we had flies that were entering into one of the rooms, just very randomly. Not one or two, we're talking hundreds in the room. Hundreds of flies. And you know the flies that like to attract poo, those, those kind of flies, so not, not the nice flies. So when we recognized this, we were like, okay, this what's happening here? So we closed the window, because normally it's warm. The window was on the latch. We closed it and ushered all the flies out. Closed the window, thought that was that. We came back five minutes later, and there were hundreds of flies in the room. So again, in the household, there was a bit of frustration here and there because the children had exams. They couldn't go to their room to study because of the flies, all this kind of thing. So all of us were kind of you know, getting a bit irate eventually. Um, and one thing that we did actually, which was interesting, that we thought, you know what? Let's sit down as a family and just pray. Because sometimes these things can be spiritual, not just necessarily natural, they could be spiritual. And flies have their own connotations when you see flies, etc. So we got together and we prayed. And we said, we just looked at each other and said, listen, if anybody's been up to anything or doing anything, just let us pray, just confess it to bring it before the Lord and just pray for God's mercy and God's grace so that any opening that had taken place, the door can be closed. So individually we all prayed. I prayed, Eden, Zion, and I prayed, Lynette prayed, we all prayed. Then the fly still kept coming. So you're thinking, we prayed, what's happening here? But our prayers made a difference. Not immediately, but as the days went on, slowly the flies began to decrease. And then I think from yesterday, the day before, there were no flies at all. Now see, in that whole time, that whole process, believe me, our, our, our faith was tested because our, our character was definitely tested because there was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of uh, a lack of patience when it came to things. The children weren't able to do things that they ordinarily would do, which was to study, etc. I was working from home. I wasn't able to work properly because I'm dealing with the flies, etc. And then trying to deal with the plumber coming in. So there was a lot of things that were just up and down. And I recognized during that time that there were things within me that where I should be more like him, there was a gap. And it was good for me to see that, to recognize that, okay, Lord, there's areas that I need to work on with my character. And this is what faith tests do. They get you to look at yourself. Because maybe the ultimate aim is that we want to be like Christ. We want to be Christ-like. So when God brings tests in your life, again, God is looking at how, do you, how are you responding to those tests? How is your faith being exercised when you are tested in a particular situation? Because believe me, every single one of us will be facing tests. You probably faced them already or you're going through. You're in the middle of a test at the moment. How you respond to them is key. You know, you've heard this analogy many times, like when you go to the, uh, to the gym. If I were lifting the weights so or you're running or so. When you do it for the first time and you're testing your ability to run, initially... You run maybe for like a minute, two minutes. You're tired. You can't even run anymore because you're not used to it. But then eventually as you keep going and you keep running, you'll find that the time that you ran previously, you can run now faster or longer because now you're building up endurance. Same with lifting weights, etc. The same principle. So when it comes to tests that God gives to you, 
Again, if you respond to them, being mindful that we're trying to be like him, your responses will change your character in a way that replicates Jesus himself. So all the areas of your life are tested when God brings tests your way. You know, he prunes you in different ways in terms of your tolerance, your patience, your endurance, your ability to demonstrate mercy and grace to others. The list goes on. But I want to highlight this scripture with regards to this, these tests. In James chapter 1, I'm reading from verse 2 to 4, reading from the New Living Translation. It says, it says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested. Turn to somebody and say, when your faith is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If I, you know what, let me read the message version. This version really brings this scripture to life. Same scripture, James 1, uh, from verse 2, in the message version, it says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. It says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Let me repeat that again. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Under pressure. This is what the scripture is saying. So when pressure meets you, it says here that your faith life is forced into the open. In other words, when it comes to your walk with God, it's a very private and secret position because people don't really know between you and God, in terms of where your faith level is, in terms of how obedient you are to his word, in terms of how you put into practice God's word itself. The only people that know the detail of that are you and God. But what pressure does is that it actually brings out openly what is on the inside. That's why it says that you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open. And it says here, and it shows its true colors. <laughs> what are your true colors when it comes to your faith life? Because when you're under pressure, that's when it comes out. I remember um, years ago, Prophet Anor was staying with um, Enoch and Abigail. And I remember he was saying that uh, there was a time in the morning, I think Prophet Anor woke up and he was walking, I think, to the kitchen or so. And he hit his head on the corner of something. I don't know what it was. And um, they said they were in their room. And what it was, they just, ah, pray Jesus. And then he, he, he walked off and went into the kitchen. And you know, sometimes when you do something like that, you, you hit yourself or you hurt something or whatever, sometimes what comes out is not always pray Jesus. It could be some other interesting vocabulary that comes out. But see, what was inside of him, that's what came out. So pressure sometimes, as I said, can bring things into open and force 
show his true colors. Then it goes on to say, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. That is a very interesting part of this scripture. Because what do we do when we're under pressure normally? We abandon ship. When pressure comes to us, the last thing we want to do is actually stay and face that pressure. We want to jump and disappear. We want to make decisions that mean that isn't that's where this pressure is. Okay, I'm going elsewhere. So sometimes you could be in a job. Your boss is an absolute nightmare to you. Accusing you of this, not giving you any recommend, uh, um, commendation for good work done, only focusing on the mistakes that you've made, etc. So naturally, what would you want to do? Let me find another job. Let me go to another department. But what does the word of God say? It says here, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. And see, this is what we sometimes do. We prematurely move ourselves out of a situation when God is actually trying to do something in you by you staying in that situation. It goes on. It says, let it do its work so that you become mature, well-developed, and not deficient in any way. See, this is, again, this is all internal changes that God is doing through pressure because this is being like Christ, becoming mature. You don't just, and I say this to my children sometimes, just because you get older doesn't mean that you're maturing. How you respond to things in your life demonstrate maturity. Not being funny, you have adults in their 20s, in their 30s, 40s or so, and you see them, and you respect their age. But it's sometimes when they say things and they do things, you're thinking, what, where did that come from? Because they're not showing maturity. Because even though they've grown in years, they haven't grown in maturity. So how you respond to things in your life when they come up, that demonstrates maturity. And not being funny, how you respond to pressure situations, when your faith is tested, that's an opportunity for maturity to develop. It goes on. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He said he loves to help. You'll get his help, and it won't be condescended, condescended to when you ask for it. He says, ask boldly, believe him without a second thought. Then it goes on. People who worry, their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. They don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. And then it goes on. So I want you right now just to th literally just think about your life. Think about what has been happening concerning your life. Where has your faith been tested? In what areas has your faith been tested during your life? It could be your health. I mentioned work situation. It could be your, your, your job or your business. Or your finances could become under attack. Your self-confidence, for whatever reason, may be knocked. There are different things. Now, if any of these apply to you, and I know the different, different things apply to different ones, I want to tell you that if you choose to have faith in our Lord Jesus, and you choose to put your feelings in its rightful place, because feelings have a place, but sometimes your feelings can at times override God's word because 
they're strong. So because you feel a certain way, you begin to respond to your feelings. But if you can put your feelings in its rightful place and focus on the word of God, my prayer is that your confidence in him will cause your character to be like his. But you have to allow yourself to go through whatever pressure, whatever test that God is bringing. Some of you right now, you're probably in the middle of a test, of a faith test. Do not abandon ship. Stay on course and allow God to begin to change you from the inside out. Remember the goal is to be like him. Is to be Christ-like. That is the goal. That is what we're aiming for. You know, this week I had a, I received a message from um, many of you know uh, Esther Esther Manning, um, who had an unfortunate, really tragic situation that her only daughter and grandchildren uh, um, died in a fire. I think nearly two years ago now. Um, and she sends these messages. Um, every month uh, to a group of people just just explaining how she is, how she's feeling, and she sends scriptures um, that inspire her in her situation. And, and I messaged her back and I said, listen, I'm going to use these scriptures that um, you, you, you sent because these scriptures have inspired somebody who tragically lost, as I said, their daughter and grandchildren out of the blue. There was no warning, it just happened. And these scriptures she sent, she said these encourage her, that they strengthen her. She reads them. I'll read through them. Genesis chapter 22, verse 17 to 18. It says, in blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. As the stars of the heaven round as the, as, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Verse 18, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. Ezekiel 34 verse 26 says, I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. There, there shall be showers of blessing. Again, she's focusing on being blessed and God's blessing. Psalms 29 11 says, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Psalms 96, verse 17 to 19, it says, Unless the Lord has given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. Verse 18, When I said my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. As see, somebody, as I said, who has experienced the raw suddenness of death has found not only strength but peace in these portions of scripture and, and, and many more I'm sure but these are the ones that she sent uh, recently and through them God has changed her character because the focus as you can imagine welcome guys was on grief but because her character was shaped by the Holy Spirit and by the word of God, she is transitioned from grief now to growth. And she herself has recognized that she has made that transition. And see, only God in his grace and in his mercy can do such a thing. And my prayer is that as we 
recognize some of the things that we are going through, some of the tests that we are facing. That again, God will begin to change us from the inside. That we would, we would allow God to, in the midst of whatever test that we're facing, to do an internal work so that we can change from whatever situation that we're in to a place of faith in God, a place of confidence in him as we choose to focus on him and not on exactly what has happened. So what God is doing for Esther, God could do exactly the same for any of us in our situations. You know, throughout scripture, you know, we see that uh, different ones that we lift up and behold in terms of biblical characters uh, in the Bible, they went through their own tests and challenges. And in the end of it, they maintained their faith in him. And uh, Rick Warren, I know many of you know Rick Warren, yeah, the author of um, the book, famous book, Purpose Driven Life. There was something that he wrote that I'm just going to share. Um, and he identified through the different uh, biblical characters, he identified six tests that different ones went through uh, that were used to grow their faith and their confidence in God. And hopefully it will do the same for us too. And I want to just go through them. So the faith test number one that these individuals faced was facing something new. Facing something new. Now this test is where you ask the Lord, Lord, what is going on? See, sometimes you can face something new and because it's new, you just don't really know how to even go about addressing what has happened because it's new, you know? Um, for example, God may say to you to do something or he may present something to you that on his face seems impossible. This is something new. In fact, uh, hey, Olivier and uh, Stephanie and Baby Noah, welcome. Good to see you guys. And Daphne, you're welcome, guys. In fact, I remember, Olivia, I don't know if you remember this, when you found out you were having uh, twins. I remember I was traveling back from work and Olivier called me. And the way Olivier was speaking on the phone, you could tell that he was sweating the fact that he was having two rather than one. So this was something new. And even the way he was talking, I could tell from how he was saying that, Lord, how am I even going to function with two children, let alone one child? But God has blessed him now with the third. See, God will not bring anything that you cannot handle. And clearly at the time, I'm sure Olivia would admit it, that he didn't think he could handle it at the time, could you? Because it was new. But that was the test that God had for Olivier and Stephanie as a family. But because they focused on him, God kept them. Yeah, my brother Peter is laughing. Uh, you're forgetting your one. I remember when Peter, uh, not long after Peter, you, um, ad, um, you gave birth to Adiel, um, Itoru. Thank you. Two months after Adiel was born, uh, Itoru was pregnant with uh, Freddie. I remember I, Peter called me. In fact, no, I, I, even, I called you, I remember, I called him to speak to him about something. And then that's what he said to me, yeah, my brother, and by the way, um, 
uh, another one is coming. I said, what do you mean another one is coming? What, what, what do you mean by that? He, he, told, he didn't want to say what was happening. He said, yeah, there's some, another one is on the way. I said, what do you mean another one? He said, hey, Toro is having another baby. I said, wow. But he himself was sweating because they were just getting used to Adiel. So now something new, a second child, thinking, how am I going to manage this? But clearly God gave you the grace. Now look at your, your big children. There are many things that come our way. And to be honest, sometimes when we face things that are new, it's either you sink or you swim. There's no in-between. But see, God always gives you the grace to go through. You know, I, I know Lynette shared last week, and she mentioned about Noah, um, when, obviously, he built the ark. Now, this was something new. Had the ark ever been built before in the Bible? No. And what makes that, that story of Noah even more significant is that if you read uh, Bible history, apparently it had never rained before on earth. So when Noah was told to build the ark, and he explained to them because rain was coming, this is why he was ridiculed so much. Because they're thinking, what are you talking about? Rain, what rain? You're building something that has never happened before. So what you're doing doesn't make any sense. So when the Bible speaks about him being ridiculed and people insulting him and all those kind of things, it's a lot stronger than it was, than it seems when you just read the word in. So the Bible said that he spent not only his time, but he must have spent money on all this equipment. The, 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 all the, when you go through the Bible, it's very detailed about the different the measurements and everything that he, that he had to uh, put in play to build this ark. But the Bible doesn't say that do all these materials are just in, his, in, in front of him. He just picked up a piece of wood and he just added it. He had to go and find the materials. He had to spend his own money, I'm sure, to purchase those materials. This had demonstrated somebody that had complete trust in what God has said to him. But this was his faith test. This was his test. And the Bible says, actually, that if you read from Genesis chapter 2, it explains again about just about the makeup of the world. And at that time, water actually wasn't coming from above. Water came from the ground. So trees and uh, uh, grass and uh, plants, etc., were being uh, uh, receiving the, the moisture from the ground as opposed to um, up in the air. So it was unique what he was doing. An ark had never been built before. Rain had never come on the earth before. But Noah dismissed the abuse he was receiving. Again, that scripture in James chapter 1, he was under pressure because people were telling him, you are crazy. What's wrong with you? You're trying to build something. It doesn't make any sense. He didn't abort being under pressure, but he remained. And in the end, we know what happened. Him and everybody else that chose to believe and obey God and stayed in the ark, they all survived. And everybody else perished. It wasn't one or two people. The whole earth perished. I don't know how many people were, were alive around that time. But you can imagine the millions of people that were drowned and died because they chose not to believe a word that, they, that was given to a man of God about a situation. This is why it's so important when somebody is given a word on something and that word resonates with you, 
and that word may be an instruction. If you don't obey that word, and you know that word resonates with you, what may come from not obeying that word is something that you will regret for the rest of your life. All of those people that, that didn't uh, listen to, to Noah, where are they now? All of them have regretted not listening to Noah because he received the word, he obeyed that word, and then he shared that word to others. Just a few in his family listened and obeyed. Maybe they didn't believe what he said, but they obeyed. And sometimes you don't have to believe what somebody says. That's why the Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. You can hear somebody give you a word about something, and the word is like in your head you're thinking, I don't, I don't please, sorry, I don't, I don't receive that. But there's something within you resonates on that word. It doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound encouraging. But there's something, when the person said it, it's like something, you can't explain it, but something hits you that resonated within your spirit based on that word. If you choose to obey whatever that word is, whatever blessing, whatever God wants to give you from that word, it will come your way. But if you ignore it, whatever will come that is negative from that word will also come. So my time is very short. I just want to speak a prophetic word. Just lift your hands right now. I just feel the Lord is leading me to just speak prophetically over. I want to use the scripture in Isaiah 43 verse 19. It said, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Father, as your children have their hands lifted, Father, I speak this word prophetically over their lives. The Lord, that you will do a new thing. You will do a new thing in their lives, O oh God. Your word says, now shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? That you will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That whatever desert, whatever wilderness that is facing their lives, that you will bring your life, that you will do a new thing, that you will bring favor, that you will bring your rivers, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. So, Father, as I speak this word, release your blessing, release your favor, release your spirit upon your people in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We lift your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the important things about faith is this, is that faith is facing the future without knowing what that task may be. We live in a world where we need to know, or we want to know everything, and it's dangerous because the Bible makes it very clear that we know only in part. So when God has said something to you, thank you, Lord, where he says something to you, and it's okay, where he's either said something to you, either in his written word or in a dream, or maybe somebody's given you a word about something. And whatever he said to you, you only have got part of it. Faith says, even with that little part, I'm about knowing the rest. I'm still going to trust you. And I'm still going to obey and do whatever it is that I feel in my spirit that I should do without knowing the details. That's what faith does. 
And my prayer is that as you embark on your walk with God and as you continue this week, whatever the things that God has in store for you, that you won't worry about the details. Leave the details to God. But whatever it is that God is speaking to you to obey, whatever word that you may be hearing, even as I'm speaking now, you may have, things may have been resonating in you that God is highlighting things that you should do or maybe things maybe that you should stop doing. I encourage you to obey what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And as you do so, God will release a blessing. That scripture that I read and I prophesied in Isaiah shall be your portion, that there will be a, a, a river in the wilderness. A new thing shall be done concerning your life. So we thank God. So Father, we thank you. We just commit each one into your hands. I pray that, Lord, you will touch each one. I pray that whatever faith test that you have in store for us, that we're going through now and that we have to face going forward. Give us the strength to look to you, to focus on you. Lord, help us, I pray. Help us, oh God, to focus completely and wholeheartedly on you and you alone. As we fix our eyes on you, the author and finisher of our faith, Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Before Ozzy comes, I just feel led to pray in this area. Again, with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you have felt that your faith has been knocked for whatever reason, just lift your hands. I want to pray over you. If you feel that your faith in a particular area has been knocked, it's been damaged for whatever reason. Thank you, Father. Father, you see these hands. Lord, I ask right now, by the power of your spirit, that you will touch afresh. Breathe your breath of life right now into these ones. I see the image of God of Ezekiel and the dry bones. And right now I prophesy life and strength. And Lord, I pray just as you breathe your life into those bones, breathe your life into your children right now. That where their faith has been knocked, Lord, lift them. Breathe life into them. Strengthen them. Encourage them in the name of Jesus. That Lord, as they hear your word, as they receive your word, cause them to stand. Cause them to obey. Let them not abandon ship under pressure, but let them remain. And Lord, that you would change them from the inside to be like you, like your son. So Father, we thank you. Lord, have your way and bless these ones. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen.